Stevenson, welcome inside the crazy ant farm. How are you tonight, man? I'm fantastic. Thank you. Excellent. Good, good. Always love to hear it. I mean, you know, things are loosening up where things are slowly but surely getting back to normal, and we feel like we're getting back to normal as well. So, I mean, it's always great to hear. So, what we like to do at the very beginning of each and every interview is have our guests tell a little bit about how you got started in the entertainment industry. Was it something you always wanted to do, or did you kind of just fall into it? Um, I didn't have any friends. When I was in high school, I was kind of a dork. And also, um, I lived really far away from most of the other kids. So, like, the moms never wanted to drop off their kids for play dates, I guess. So, oh. I watched a shit ton of movies. Damn. I feel I, That's you. all I did. Like, my, my, I go back from school and, and, you know, all the other kids were, like, were playing laser tag and I was, like, watching movies. So, <laughs> I loved movies. And, yeah, I guess that's probably what it was because I would, you know. I guess because I was younger, I guess I would like watch so many movies. I'd be like, "Hey, that's kind of what I wanted to do." I kind of caught on, and uh, yeah, that's kind of since I was younger, I guess. Fantastic, fantastic! Always been a dream of yours. What would you say would be your favorite movie when you were a kid that you were like, "Oh, that's definitely that's who I want to be." Um, gosh, that's tough. Like, I I liked a lot of the. Uh, I was I, I liked a lot of like Goosebumps and stuff, mm-hmm. and Are You Afraid of the Dark, and all that kind of nineties. TV stuff. So there wasn't like a big actor at the time. I mean, who did I? I like, I loved Johnny Depp when I was young with like Edward Scissorhands and cool stuff like that. Um, I don't really know. I guess I watched like so many different, like I had a relationship with the dude at the Brock blockbuster and I was like, maybe like, 10 years old and he'd hook me up with like the American pie. Like nice. I was watching all the <laughs> movies go. the kids weren't allowed to check out. And the guy that I had the worst like late key ever, but I'd always slide him cash from my dad's drawer. And <laughs> I think that's what built the relationship. And you know, he'd just give me every fucking movie I wanted to. So I was like, well, I don't really know. It's a great question, but I was like all over it. Well, was, look, man. Okay, like, so at a young age, I was watching really heavy duty movies. You're already on the right track because because if you haven't heard, we're going to tell you a little story about a couple of people who who have done pretty well for themselves with Golden Globes and um you know Oscar nominations and such. There was a little fella that uh, was also um visited the video store frequently and had a hookup inside and his name was Danny Strong who went on to create Empire and The Butler and uh, just a shit ton of stuff and won a couple Golden Globes and that guy that used to hook him up in the video store was Quentin Tarantino and they were little buddies and had that little thing and um, so it it seems like you're starting off right right, man (laughs) maybe you guys both follow those paths and you know you're on set I once I ran into Quentin Tarantino, but it wasn't like because I was supposed to meet him or anything. I just totally fangirled. I was at the uh, <laughs> I was with my mom in L.A. and we went to that the Beverly Hills Hotel for like a, a cocktail or something. Yeah, and I was with my buddy and I saw him and I was like, dude, I just you know I don't want to be like that guy to go like bug him because I'm sure he gets bombarded all the time. But the hotel was like empty. Yeah, it was literally like a freaking dream moment if you could picture that you were in a restaurant alone kind of with quentin tarantino sitting right across from you you're like holy shit <laughs> so i stopped him in the lobby and uh i was just like hey uh hi and he's like oh hi how's it going and i was like i'm great how are you and he was super nice and uh i was like i i act by the way on on, on a show called uh, project mc squared uh, on netflix it's a, it's a show for kind of kids and stuff and he's like project mc squirrel 
<laughs> but it doesn't matter. And uh, yeah, that's all I really remember from Quentin Tarantino. But he was very nice, and I hope to meet him one day again because he's a legend. Well, hey man, that's a hell of an impersonation. So you right, know, it was great. <laughs> it was pretty good, man. <laughs> well, I mean, let's take it back. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't talk. Like I was. Oh, I can imagine. I don't know. I'm a huge Tarantino fan. So the fact that you referenced. Uh, me with the Lord of Music. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. I mean, you got a bright future ahead of you. I mean, you're living in the bright present right now, so we're just super thrilled. So when you started off saying to yourself, oh, this is really what I wanted to do, did you like do any school productions or anything like that on stage? Or like, did you just, when you got to the age where you're just like, all right, I'm heading out to LA, this is what I'm doing? I definitely did the theater and stuff through uh, middle school and then I got kicked out of the middle school so I couldn't finish the play mm. uh, because like I, I, it's a long story but I, got, I like to say I got false cues three times like with the fire alarm and all that that oh, shit wasn't me. so if that pr- principal is here today you were a serious dickhead because I didn't <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's fine. Um, anyway, maybe it was meant to be because when I went to a hardcore boarding school after that, because you know everyone thought I was a bad kid, right? But I was—I'm like the only guy in prison that's like I'm innocent. But you know, anyway, um, I started doing like theater and musicals, like Hairspray and that kind of stuff, and I turned into a total theater nerd. And uh, you know, it was a mixture of that and like rugby, but no one in rugby understood the musical world. Right. But I was kind of like, screw that. I'm never gonna, this is a boarding school. I'm never going to see these guys again. Like, everybody's international here, so I don't care if I'm the fucking theater nerd. I quite like this. I like Hell movies yeah. and I like to act. Fuck it. Uh, so now, I, uh, yeah, I, I did that. that doesn't did rugby the school. musical sound like something that would be absolutely epic, <laughs> though? <laughs> oh my god, it does. Yeah, it would be like the Book of Mormon or something crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe down the line we'll I work on that, that, buddy. We'll, we we can totally knock that production out. It'll be fantastic. That's pretty rad to me, actually. Yeah. Hell yeah. Here's your yeah. mouth guard. Here's my mouth guard. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that's something else that you and I share a common bond about because I was also a football player, but also doing musicals and plays, which was two completely different things. I mean, all my football buddies was like, what? Why the fuck are you going to that after uh, after uh, practice? And I was like, you don't understand. <laughs> there is so many yeah, girls there, and, and it's, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well, yeah, I guess that was that. So I did theater in school, and then that, I, I suppose, led to... Um, my mom was a reality show star, which was a nightmare for me in high school. Because oh, wow. Everybody in, it was sh- watching the show, and you know, we would land on the... It was the Housewives of Vancouver, and we, they filmed me landing in a seaplane, like the most pretentious thing in the world, oh, shit. in front of my whole class. And they all like kind of like it wasn't cool. It was really embarrassing. <laughs> and then, so anyway, long story short is that she was offered an agent to get into acting after the show, but she didn't want to. And mm-hmm. while I was in grade twelve, I took on her agent by just making this really kind of goofy video of me trying to be like a mobster in the mafia. I was trying to copy like a Martin Scorsese film or something, you know. And uh, instead of sending a resume, I sent her that, and I was really lucky because she gave me an audition as a demo. And it was the very first audition that I did. And I actually got the part, which never happens to me today. It's kind of like when you go into the <laughs> casino for the first time and you put a quarter into the slot machine and, you know, Hell you get yeah. seven, seven, seven. Luck. It's just, but uh, that's kind of how it uh, started from there. And, you know, I'm just fighting the good fight now. 
Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Are you originally from Vancouver? I am originally from Vancouver, yes. Very nice, very nice. And we see you're in, uh, we both stay in LA and Vancouver. So what made you take that leap to LA? I suppose that I, I like, I watch a ton of, like, I'm, like, addicted to YouTube with, like, acting and stuff. With, Hell like, yeah. Lessons. Like, I don't know if you guys know, like, James Lipton inside the actor studio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Directly round yeah, table and all that stuff. And I wanted to research, like, the best. Because I hear, like, you know, some actors just jump in there and they don't need any training. And, you know, they're great to go. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it's like, I look at it, it's like kind of like being in the gym where you have to keep focusing your mental muscles. So I wanted to go to L.A. to study there. And so I took like a couple of years to just go to this, uh, like, uh, the American Musical Dramatic Academy. And I dropped out of that after the first semester because it was just too jolly and happy. And, oh, shit. You know, theater. Like, it didn't, there was no, like, emotion. Yeah. And so I left to the Ivana Chubbuck studio, which is uh, this lady who it's, it's like one of those really secretive, cool, weird hipstery studios where like Brad Pitt trained and oh. James Franco and Halle Berry. It's like one of those, you know, she's got a cigarette in her hand and she's really tough. And uh, <laughs> it taught me a lot about like digging up like objective, what, what you want and past emotion and feeling like right. you know, feeling the pain of you know, connecting your real life into the character, I suppose. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And something else that we really want to talk about, because we always talk about on the show how important it is to get on set, no matter what you're doing. If you're like just fetching coffee or if you're like you have a broom behind somebody cleaning something up. I mean, shit, Harrison Ford was a fucking carpenter and look where he is now. But so we wanted to bring up Descendants 2, how you started off as a PA, but then got yourself into a little background role. How did that come about? Yeah, so that that was just like kind of like one of those times in life. It was like out of a, a a weird scene that you'd see in a movie of a storybook. Like it just flowed in such a weird way. I guess yeah. from that boarding school I was telling you about, I knew this kid and his dad was a producer uh, of these big movies in Vancouver because Vancouver's a big hub for shooting movies. And I was just at the time. I was like 19 working on the oil sands up in Fort McMurray in Alberta, like negative 30 degrees, like, cause I was kicked out of my house and I didn't have a job and I wasn't getting any acting gigs. And I was out there and I was like, you know, kind of fired from uh, working on the oil sands because I got laid off and all that stuff. Right. So I came back and I asked this guy, do you think I could get an interview with your dad as uh, an on, you know, onset PA? I, I did, I did it in the past with different shows where you like, you know, when I was a lot younger, you, you put on a vest and you direct, direct traffic or you go, you know, work in certain areas. Yep. And the guy gave me an office production job, like in the office is one of the main PAs, like basically answering phones and scheduling the production and picking and dropping people off. And all of a sudden, before you know, I had no idea what the movie was. I'm picking up Kenny Ortega from the oh, airport shit. and he's, you know, the hocus pocus. This is it with Michael Jackson. The oh, yeah. High school musicals. And I didn't even know who he was. And I'm just sitting in the car and I'm going, oh, so what have you directed? He's like, uh, a few things. I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we at the end of the day, I, I guess we just we really got along. And he said, "Do you want a a part in the film?" And I was like, "Of course, hell yeah!" You know, number one, I'm an actor, but number two, just to be a part of that was incredible. And through that, it led to like you know, like being on Netflix shows like MC Squared Project, MC Squared, or MC Squirrel, and uh, <laughs> going from there. 
Oh, that's freaking awesome. And we also talk about how just at the end of the day, you just need to be a good, friendly, nice person. Because, I mean, the positive outcome, if you put positive energy into the world, it will obviously come back to you. Just like that, that certain instance. I mean, you don't have to be an asshole just because you got an extra role in fucking the Queen's Gambit. Like, you don't have to be that. Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. Um, also, like, being... And pers- I like I like to write and study production. Like being able to learn the whole behind the scenes of being in all the different departments was a major learning mm-hmm. curve in my mind of how it works behind the scenes, mm-hmm. which was really awesome. And then meeting like actors like that who are you have twenty million range followers like Dove Cameron and Cameron Boyce and Boo Boo Stewart, nicest people I've ever met. And it was just like a really cool, uh, yeah, like it was like out of a storybook. It was a crazy. Time. Yeah, and and don't you feel like it too? Like because I, re- I had fifty loads of Indian food in the back of my car. <laughs> oh shit! Cooking out of Nissan Micra. Yeah, there so you go. I had a brand new Nissan Micra, and this thing was you know it was it was sharp, but it was rolled down by the hand window, so it was clean cut, but like it didn't have the whistles and buttons. And uh, I was taking the food. The car smelled like a fridge. Like it was a total. <laughs> that a lot of those little tree things. That you'd hang up. I, I like anyway. though that you mentioned that that you know you to learn the production and all of the different departments and everything because I feel like no matter what you're doing, whether you're an actor in front of the camera or your aspirations are to be a director or a producer or you know, it, I feel like it, the more you can learn about what every department does and the people in those departments and what they do, it makes you better at what you do. So I love that you brought that up and how important that is to actually take the time to learn when you're on set and and see what these people do. Yeah, like personally, I think I'm a total piece of shit and like I'm the worst <laughs> learner in the world. But I, now that you say it, I'm pretty proud of myself for doing that. So hell yeah, I absolutely. Agree with you. I man. think it's good to know the world that you're that you're in. You yeah, that's what it's all like, about. You don't want to go scuba diving and not know about the type of shark swimming. Near no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, and just be fucking caught off guard. Like fuck, that's right. Yeah, man, no. this industry yeah. is swimming with sharks. That's a well done analogy, sir. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, but I, I feel like we got a young Ron Howard or somebody in the midst with us right now. I mean, if you're so interested in learning more stuff behind the camera, could you see yourself possibly directing one day? You know, I'm working on a project. Uh, where are you guys located, by the way? At the moment, we're in Charlotte, North Carolina, but we're originally based out North of L.A. North Carolina? That's where my, my castmate is from. She, uh, well, I'll get, I'll get to that, but... Um... What was I saying? Behind the, I'm working on a project right now. There was a guy up in Vancouver, British Columbia, where I'm from. Now, everybody in the States where you're from would imagine like, oh, Vancouver, you'd never think a serial killer of up to plus to four, 49 to 50 women. He admitted to it even 40. He want, said he wanted to make an even 50. Wow. 49 women. And he was known as the pig farmer because he was this grubby, weird guy. And he inherited a lot of money because he got this land from his parents when they passed away. He had a big pig farm. Now, what he would do is he would throw these parties of thousands of people, hell's angels primarily. Vancouver is one of the biggest drug ports in the world, had one of the biggest heroin epidemics in the world. So all of these people, it had the biggest poverty and heroin per capita in the entire world in the 1990s to the early thousands. So this guy who was murdering these women had free reign to go do it because the police didn't know who was overdosing on what. And people, mm. were, you know, people on the streets, escorts, he was killing primarily. And the whole story is just like, it's kind of, I want to go with this Magnolia effect of all these different characters, like the guy that would take photographs of these women on the streets and then it ends up in the art gallery. And that's right. like his world into the, 
anyway, I get, I get a little lost when I get uh, into it. No, yeah, man, that but, sounds yeah. amazing, yeah. dude. That sounds like uh, definitely something that we will most definitely watch. And it's messed up because the guy feeds the women to the pigs and then sends the pigs to the meat factory, and then the people in Vancouver are eating the meat. So it's all that. Oh, stuff. shit. Oh, oh, damn. Oh. Talk about telling a story. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's a story that should be told. Murder stories are huge on Netflix right now. Absolutely, you know, man. I this in the podcast. I, uh, you know what? You guys, you guys take it. Just take it. Just take my dream. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it's absolutely, dude. Yeah, like uh, so. Take a story from a man. Let's yep, go. No, no. <laughs> so the answer is yes. You do have aspirations to direct and tell stories. <laughs> and, boy, you're coming right out of the gate with a big one. So that's fantastic. Yes, I, uh, I have one. I'm currently from Disney stuff into the horror world. Right. I uh, got in a car crash down in L.A. Mm. and I, I was just it was midday and I was going down an intersection and me and this car just went boom and I was just, had total PSD and I was left my acting class to go up to Vancouver. My my agent sent me this email and said, "You want to get back up and go on an audition?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." And there, that was Fear Farm, which is a horror film out right now on Apple and Amazon and, and Google Play and. A friend of mine was just in Walmart the other day. He said he found it on the rack. I've never seen that in my life, but I was like, holy shit, that's right? crazy. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's out. That's a, a, a horror film that you can find now. And then the, the one that uh, is coming out uh, is more of, a, more of a thriller, but it, it's a lot of fun. It's about a guy that uh, is a serial, well, not a serial killer. He's a murderer. And he's in love with this girl. She doesn't love him back. And then mm. he goes nuts. Basically. Very intense. Like Very intense. And this is Stalker's Prey. And this is the sequel, right? And what does it feel like to play this character? Okay, well, let me put it to you this way. <laughs> it's kind of like the first guy's name was Mason Dye, who I've never met. I followed him on Instagram. He didn't follow me back. My Instagram's nowhere near as glorious as his. But, you know, I thought I would follow him. Maybe he didn't see it, whatever. Um he took on the rule. It's kind of like a new Batman coming in or oh, a new, right. like James Bond coming in. So you have to step up your game. And so I thought his performance was absolutely incredible. And I loved how they did the movie. The way they did the next one was way more villainous in the mm. sense that the guy starts killing a lot more. So I had, I think my main goal to make my performance strong and in, in my world of the character was to make him vulnerable. So you would feel bad for him mm. because I didn't want to just make some crazy villain that you hate. It's kind of like if you watch a, a, a film like, um, the Oceans movies where they're robbing from right. the guy who's handicapped or they rob from the casino. You know it's bad, but you're still on their side. So you have to kind of, I found, like, find the balance between being, like, a horrible person that kills, but you also feel, like... Synthetic. That's right. The person. Definitely. And I mean, that's why I absolutely love Avengers Infinity War because, I mean, so many people felt for Thanos. He, A lot of people felt like he was trying to do the right thing. And I mean, that's what oh, yeah. I feel like that's the beauty of storytelling is when you can like try to sympathize with the villain or try to get a little glimpse in on why they're doing what they're doing. And I feel like, like I said, the beauty of filmmaking. Yeah. I mean, that's how you get the audience to connect. Even if it is a bad guy, you still have to get the audience to connect. So, I, I mean, I, I love that approach. Also, you don't want to make, like, a boring story. You want a three-dimensional world. So when you bring up, like, Thanos, like, in that world, you know he's horrible, but you know that he has his own motives. Right. That's right. why you kind of respect him. And so I had, I think it's that respect that you have to go for. But long story short is, uh, yeah, there, there, there's that film coming out, and uh, 
I just hope that uh, it makes all of my exes feel like shit. If it doesn't, really <laughs> hey, wow. I feel yeah. Wow, they're probably watching Lifetime, right? We should tell everybody it's on Lifetime, right? It'd be better if it, if it, if it wasn't like Lifetime, though. If it was like in the Cineplex Dome or something <laughs> right. like crazy like that, like you Hell know, yeah. if they were like on a date and then you know they're eating popcorn, it's like whoa. And the guy's like, what? That's like, oh, that's my ex-boyfriend. Like, Ooh. <laughs> that's so funny. Was that, it? That's, that's goals. That's a fun goal. Hell yeah. Was it shot in Vancouver? This was shot over in Connecticut. Oh, uh, okay. On the East Coast. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. So, and we were, the, we were the only film in North America to be filming at the time during COVID on the East Coast. Mm. In, up in LA, they were filming other like commercials and stuff but this was on strict lockdown when everything was shut down so it was like four months or five months after covid had started wow and uh it the crew was limited down to half which meant longer hours people had to take on different positions in their department and it was just like really strict in terms of like every single time they called cut you got your mask back on and yeah wasn't really allowed to leave my hotel to like go to a restaurant or a gas station to get like a snack or anything like because if you get covid then the whole thing kind of like shuts down right? yeah exactly right. Which, yeah and uh did you feel comfortable i mean being in the like one of the first stages of the pandemic did you feel comfortable being on set oh yeah you know it wasn't wasn't like negative at all it was just weird because it, well i guess it's like in real life with everybody when everyone's wearing a mask all the time that you're used oh i guess you guys aren't wearing masks because you're all like in one unit in like a studio but like you know what I mean? Like, if you're used to being in an environment where you see people's faces all the time and people are wearing masks and people are separating, you're kind of told where to sit and right. all these things kind of bump in the way. It kind of takes a little bit out of the natural flow of things. But for the most part, I was totally uh, a mental wreck when I was shooting in the sense that I was like in, uh, I don't want to be all hipstery, but in like method actor mode. Like, I was getting four hours of sleep and you know, looking at pictures of my exes with other dudes that they were with and feeling crap. Like, the guy's heartbroken in the movie. So I was, like, I was listening to, like, Ben Sevenfold. Oh, and like, oh yeah. You know, getting yeah. Lonely Day. You know, I was, I was getting dark. But there it was you fun, go. You know, but it was dark. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. so just just talking to you, you know, these these past few minutes and everything, I'm guessing, I, I'm hoping I'm right, that you have an epic embarrassing story to tell about like something that happened on set or on stage that was embarrassing as hell you've got one right i sure do i do yeah all right well let's hear it if i I should say it but oh you should totally say it go for it (laughs) do it do it okay uh this was for the the movie fear farm the horror film that came out okay and i uh was working this choreography with this guy all day to do the scene where this this Lady comes at me with a machete. She works in the corn maze. The idea is these kids go to the corn maze. It was shot in the biggest North, big corn maze in North America, so I got lost out there. That's another joke in real life because <laughs> I was just like trying to be an actor and like know my environment. And then I didn't realize I was walking into an actual corn maze. It was like just an hour But uh, <laughs> uh, basically, the, the stunt guy and I were working on the scene where these, these four friends go to a corn maze. They, get, they win the VIP. Every 2,000 people win the VIP. They don't realize that they're actually going to be hunted and killed in there for this family that uses their organs and sells them and makes them into like products, which they sell in, on the farm because they're sick, kind of like the Hills Have Eyes. Mm. So this lady's coming at me in a, in a, in a um, cheerleading outfit and she's going, a one, two, three, four, kind of doing a routine, like, you know, dancing around. And I think she works there. Like she's just a sexy girl that works there. And we did a routine. She has this dulled real machete where she comes at me and I slip, I fall to the ground. She's, Shabs it hard into the floor, but I roll over quickly, right? And then you see the shot of the, the machete just going, boom, into the floor. Right. 
Well, I memorized the second part of the choreography first. So the fucking the machete went into my forehead. Oh! Um, and I just remember being like clocked, and I woke. I popped my eyes back open, and just blood was just down my forehead. Oh crazy. shit! The so little Easter egg is if you watch the second half of the movie, most likely my hair is down because there's a massive bump in the middle of my forehead. Oh my! So it's covering. Yeah. Uh, that's good though that would be that's the embarrassing well just kind of scary story I suppose I don't know if that's very embarrassing it's kind of like that's a real machete in my forehead it's yeah, yeah man. hey yeah. we're happy you're here to tell the tale though that's right that's right like entertaining we, for yeah, sure <laughs> we didn't we didn't want anything bad to happen that's crazy and also something else that we're trying imagine out imagine they hit my eye though oh, oh gosh. yeah no <laughs> see oh, you're God. you're still in that dark world you're thinking about all this crazy shit that might happen <laughs> we don't want that to happen to you Houston. We don't want that. Uh, Maybe so, it's time for me to like do some different types of scripts, like Lost in Translation or Into the Wild. Yes, man. Like yes, that. right. Or go back to Disney. Dark go back stuff. to all the happiness. Go back to Disney. <laughs> oh my goodness! And of course, with all this shit happening, everybody was stuck at home for a good amount of time. So, what shows? have you been watching and what movies have you been watching? Well, I don't want to sound like totally lame, but I just finished the crown and I never thought I would watch it. It's not my kind of show. Yeah. I, I liked game of Thrones. I thought it was kind of like English kind of cozy movie. You'd watch like that. But you know, I ended up really liking it just cause I'm a history buff. And yeah. then uh, a lot of hell's kitchen, Gordon Ramsay, love that. Put on a little live PD. Love that. Uh, what's the, you know, I love reality. Not reality like Kardashians, but like those. I don't know. I'm addicted to YouTube. Any yeah, channel no. I can pick up hot ones. I've, uh, yeah, oh, yes, yeah, hot ones. Man, hot like, ones. like, I don't think anybody will ever beat Zoe Kravitz, though, right? Like, not a single drink. It didn't even break a sweat. I was like, she just like is a badass from start to finish, man. Yeah, I get hiccups. Yeah, exactly. I get hiccups like after a little Tabasco. I like I can handle heat. Like I'm an amazing heat guy. Like you, you give me anything, but I will start hic- I can't have a conversation. <laughs> I understand. That's my downfall. We're trying to get Sean Evans on the show. I mean, we we keep we keep relentlessly going back and forth over social media. So hopefully oh. one day. And we're also thinking about doing like a little YouTube video ourselves because at our local like world market down the street, they sell the bomb. So we would just do that. <laughs> one and just get completely <laughs> fucked up <laughs> maybe maybe we'll have you join us buddy yeah yeah you, you, you just join us for it then when we when we work it all out we'll call you up maybe like yeah on, we'll bro. do like a like a little zoom thing it'll be I'll fun you down on a little heat challenge yeah if i don't have a hiccup in the first five minutes You'll i'll be... give you one thousand dollars Wow! Hey! Wow! Hey! We're in the crowdfunding phase of our short <laughs> film, man. Just so I can teach myself a lesson of how to learn to eat hot food and not look like you know a pansy. I, I want to learn how to. <laughs> there you go. I can't go on a date anymore and be like, "Hey, how's it going?" <laughs> Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah, not embarrass the shit out of yourself. That's so funny. And one last thing is social media. It is like this new wave of like how people connect with each other. And with the entertainment industry, it seems to be more intertwined than people like to let on. We've heard from multiple guests that have come on the show that when they go into an audition, sometimes they get asked about their social media followers. Has that ever happened to you? It has not. But I always like I've always had this weird thought in my mind, like, should I should I put my page on private, like and uh, and hide 
you know, right. Because if I do an audition and they see a part of me that was different. So I did that and I lost my uh, verification. Oh, wow. I've been asking for it back for the past year, which is a bullshit. But uh, yeah, that's, that's what happens if you go private. And then in terms of casting, asking you stuff about your Instagram, I just try to not post like stuff as much of me. Like, I don't know. It's like any job in the world. If you post something about you out partying until 3 a.m., it's not like a good look. Right, right. I think exactly. We compare you know, it to like, like a, you don't want to be showing yourself like smoking a big jo- joint. You know? Exactly. You know, like, I, Seth Rogen can do that all day, but I, you know, for me, there's people still out there that that take a bit of offense to that. And also, you know, like it's just I guess as an actor, it just feels weird for me because I'd like to have a platform where I could just be me. But I also feel sometimes that my what I do for a living gets in the way of who I am. Mm. And that's kind of an annoying feeling, you know, where you can't just be, you know, you without thinking, oh, this is weird or maybe maybe people will like this or not. Or is this what I'm supposed to post or, is, is, you know, here's another post after they're asking me to post for the film coming out. Like, I wish it was kind of I think I'm going to start another account called Jolly Beans. you know what though that's a great transition because like what we like to do at the end of the interviews is have our guests leave some advice for the up-and-comers and and some pitfalls to try to avoid and so what you just said there about how you feel like sometimes you're not able to be yourself like talk about that what advice would you give people trying to break into the industry especially in the acting uh, like following in your footsteps and what pitfalls would you tell them to try to avoid okay um i would definitely say that studying and and doing as much research as you can is key. And if you're passionate about a movie or a video game, sometimes after the movie, you want to research, you know, who it was directed by or the story or how it came about. It's the same that goes for fishing. If you're passionate about fishing, you should know everything about the tackle box. You should know about everything about the engine and the boat that you're riding. And I would say after all of that studying, you've just got to know that it's a gambling game. And if you scratch enough tickets, you're going to win. So don't give up is number one. If you're passionate, don't give up. Push yourself. Don't listen to anybody that tells you not to. And if you throw enough mud at the wall at the end of the day, eventually it's going to stick. And it's going to stick a little more and more and a little more and more. So that's what I would have to say. Mm, I love that. I love that. And like we told you before, it is about the up-and-comers. And a lot of them, you know, make mistakes sometimes. So what pitfalls would you say to try to avoid? Uh, not knowing your lines. I think that's like number one. I think a lot of actors get worried that if they don't have their lines down, it's not going to go well. And you know, that's not true. Like if you don't know a couple of your lines and you put in some substitution for that to make the scene flow, that's, that's great. Cause it shows that you're capable of doing that. But if you like Eminem choke on stage and you don't know your lines, you're not going to get the audition. Mom's so it's kind of like, you got to know your, you got to know your stuff. Like, you know, how to sing a song or rap a verse. It's got to be like organized and clean cut. That's mm. right. That's good stuff. And another thing, don't, don't, you know, memorize the second half of the stunt choreography. <laughs> yeah, before the first half. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that would probably be the number one now. Be very moment. careful with that, man. All right, so we got to ask every too. day of the dog machete. That's yeah, right. That, by the way, that's that's like a great name. Like when, when we go back and we do, you, you know, the rugby musical, that's that's your like go-to name right there, the Dole Machete. Like it'll be perfect. <laughs> Listen, Hot Wings, and we'll get the script down on the rugby musical. That's that right. sounds like a, a good plan. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> listen, man, w- where can everybody follow you? Because as we said, it's all about social media. And now that we know you're not private anymore, where can everybody well, follow you, man? I'm going to get my mom to run it. 
There you go. There you go. Why not? You know what I mean? Because then I can just like be like one of those really cool actors. Like what's the Miles Teller? Yeah. <laughs> just like go into the world of like, I don't care no more. Let it run. And that's what I think I'm going to do. There you go. There you go. Uh, but it is my first and last name. And uh, you can find me on Instagram. I deleted my Facebook. Not a fan of Mark Zuckerberg, but I deleted it before I found everything about him. I just I felt like it was getting boring. Yeah. Twitter, I, I just I can't keep up. And Instagram, I just I'm primarily a stories guy. Gotcha. I like I like to post weird fun stories. So yeah. <laughs> fantastic. So, I mean, my first and last name. And then uh, this Saturday on Lifetime TV, I think eight seven C. You can catch a predator. A predator returns, which is the next. Uh, movie to a predator's obsession if you haven't seen the last one uh it's a joyride it's a lot of fun if you can handle thriller and killing and fun absolutely man there you go hell yeah hell yeah listen this has just been fantastic we'll definitely take you up on the hot wings challenge because we think that would be great content for everyone around and i mean everybody can just laugh their ass off at us dying at hot wings um but anytime you ever want to come back on the show have anything you other want to promote we do a top five segment last week it was top five robin williams films so it's very fun very laid back and uh yeah man this was a blast i love your guys' stuff you guys are awesome by the way oh well, thank, thank you, you very much man yeah because i've done a few like interviews and, and you know i've done a few things lately and to promote the, the film coming out and you know you guys are fun well, we appreciate that, man. We we pride ourselves yeah. on trying to be different from everybody else and kind of do it our own way, man. So we appreciate that. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Well, I really appreciate uh, that you guys had me on the show, and uh, it's been great chatting with you. Fantastic. Well, same, same, man. Hell yeah. Take care, buddy, and have a great rest of the night, and we'll be in touch soon, man. Take care. You too. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye. So good. So good, man. That is an entertaining fella. It really is. I think that is the best way I can describe that is an entertaining fella. Just like from the get-go. Well, I had no friends. And I just like, you know. And it ends up to I got a machete in the head. And then I met, you know, like, I mean, just every story was epic. Exactly. Exactly. Houston Stevenson with all the freaking stories. I love it. I love it. The up-and-comers are definitely going to benefit from this one. Be sure to fucking learn your stunt choreography it's just absolutely hilarious. and say hello to quentin if you see him exactly you know. exactly thank you again houston for coming on the show